I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 35 of the Cantabite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, my co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Good. Tired. <laughs> Audacity's not working. Fuck. But, um, yeah, I'm good. Um, it's Easter today. It is Easter um, today. Happy, happy Easter. Are you doing anything for today? Oh, no. I don't even, like, I don't even have any Easter candy in the house. It's ridiculous. It's a fucking shame. Yeah, like, I went to the, like, there's a place right next door to my apartment to see if they had any Cadbury eggs, and all they had were, like, shitty jelly beans. Everything else was gone. Wow. Jelly beans? Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. What are <laughs> what are you doing today? Um I'm gonna go to my aunt's house and eat a lot of food, hopefully, because it's nine o'clock now and I'm already hungry, so it's a good sign that I will be eating a lot today. I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just woke up like 30 minutes ago. I was up until like, I think like four in the morning on the phone with Boo. Aw. Yeah. He's great. I can't say that enough. <laughs> but. Hi, boyfriend. I know you're listening. <laughs> but anyways, 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 enough about me. How is, how is your week? Um. Okay. I do have one update in the heartbreaking Tarkin figurine saga, which is no longer heartbreaking because I found one. (laughs) Yay. You know, it's funny because I I just decided like randomly, like it was like Friday, like five o'clock and I'm in my office and I'm like, well, there's like six comic book stores within walking distance from me right now. I should just go look. And I looked on Midtown Comics's website, and online they were sold out. So at first I wasn't going to go there. Um, I went to, there's this, um, it's mostly anime focused, but they have a lot of, of like the Japanese Star Wars toys, and they have some hot toys and other stuff too. So I decided to go there, and they didn't have it. And as I was walking back to the train, I'm like, well... Midtown is only like two blocks out of the way. 
So I'll just go and look. And I'm fully expecting to be disappointed because, again, it wasn't on their website. So I go up and I go to the second floor where they have all the all the hot toys displayed. And they had Tarkin. And I, like, just immediately went to, to, to one of the staff and like, I, I want to buy that right now. And at first, she's like, <laughs> that is at mine. first she was like, I think that's the last one. And that's like the display model. And I'm like, can I, can I buy it? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be, got to get it back in the box and everything. I'm like, I don't care. I just, I just, I just want it. <laughs> but they had like an actual like retail one in stock. It was the last one. And I nearly hugged the guy in the store when he gave it to me. Because, again, I can't I can't find it anywhere. You know, unless I wanted to spend, like... Somebody on Amazon had it for, like, $400. And I'm like, well, that's not happening. Fuck that. But it's it's awesome. It's even better than the pictures. Um, if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, I put up a lot of pictures. <laughs> but it it looks... Like they just shrunk Peter Cushing down. It's crazy. And it comes with one of the big, like, those high back, like, conference room table chairs, which is insane. I've never had a figure that came with a chair before. Like, I guess there's this Snoke that comes with the throne. But this is just like a chair. (laughs) He just has a chair. And you could also pose him, like, the, the articulation on, on the Hot Toys is really good. So you can like pose him with his hands clasped behind his back. Or right now I have him with his like, he's like like doing like the, the chin scratchy and thought thing that he does a lot. <laughs> and uh, it's perfect and I love it. And I'm staring at it right now because it's like six inches away from my face as I'm recording this. <laughs> I know I'm looking at the pictures you sent me right now because you texted me on Friday because I was stuck in traffic fuck traffic but anyways yeah you're like i got tarkin and i thought that oh like you pre-ordered him online and i'm like cool when's he coming and you just sent me pictures of him and i'm like oh oh he's here i'm so happy i've never i've never been so happy to spend like 250 dollars before <laughs> fuck he was 250 dollars uh, 230 but then you know yet on tax Holy hell, that's an expensive... Yeah, hot toys ain't cheap. There's a reason that they're so high quality. But, you know, and I wasn't originally... Like, if I had ordered him from from Sideshow, like I wanted to, I wouldn't have spent that much because I have a bunch of reward points for them, which would have knocked that down considerably. But Mm. now I'm like, well, I have all those reward points still sitting there and... It only it only really cost me like eighty or ninety dollars to get that Hoth Leia, so I'm slowly convincing myself to spend way more money than I should on toys, or just get more Porgs. <laughs> you know, I was actually I was actually talking about this with uh, with Haas from Rogue One and Blue Harvest because he just he he started to get into hot toys too. And what we were talking about is, yeah, hot toys are expensive, but I don't think anything about buying a ton of cheap shit. And if I just stop buying a ton of cheap shit, I can buy one really nice thing for that money. 
Hmm. And true. Hot Toys keep their resale value pretty well. Because often the figures like this Tarkin did, they often sell out. And and some of the older ones go for, for quite a bit of money. And I don't, I don't buy things with that in mind. Like, I buy things that I want to have. But certainly they're going to be worth more than my pops, which are going to be worth nothing like Beanie Babies in, you know, a year from now. (laughs) That's true. Uh, I connect with that on a personal level. Like I used to have so fucking many Beanie Babies, like, and a lot of them still had the tags on them because, like, with the other ones, I would rip the tags off and it would slowly break the hearts of, like, my mom and my aunt that would give me her old ones. Like, I had, like, the, like, the most – the ones that it were, like, but people, for some reason, spend a lot of money on. Like, I had those. And, like, I was always told, like, oh, these are going to be worth a lot one day. And I was like, okay. And then they're still probably in, like, a closet somewhere. Yeah, they or- – they, they- you could have gotten a lot of money for some of them if you had sold them, you know, like what was what, like 20 years ago now. <laughs> Sometimes the bubble just bursts. Uh, I guess I'm 20 years too late. I'm always late. Always late, but I'm glad that you got Tarkin. It makes me happy. I love him so much. It makes me very happy. Like, I was, like, I was so cool. Like, even as I was unboxing him, because, you know, the, the Hot Toys, like, they come with, like, multiple hands, because they're, you know, like, they'll ha- each have, like, different gestures and stuff. And I'm, like, carefully, carefully taking everything out. I, whenever, because the hands pull off. They're just, you know, they're on a little plastic ball joint. And I know you just yank on it and it comes off, but every time I'm terrified I'm going to break something. <laughs> You're going to break little Tarkin. I'm going to break the delay I just spent way too much money on. Oh, I think it'll be fine. And then is he just like sitting on your desk right now or just in, is he sitting in his little chair? He's standing on his little stand and then his chair is behind him. Oh, I like the chair. The chair is great. Man, I need the, I wish they had done Krennic. If I could have Krennic and Tarkin, I would be... The happiest person. I mean, I'm trying to think of a cool save made for those toys, but I mean, I could see them doing a Mendo because why not? You you need Mendo. Well, back before Rogue One came out, it was there was a prototype at one of the conventions. Cause there was a prototype of several of the Rogue One ones that they never they never ended up coming out. I mean, it's like they make every fucking random bounty hunter that was on screen for five goddamn seconds. So why can't I have Krennic? Mm. <laughs> what? what a shame. Oh, speaking of, speaking of Mendo, no spoilers or anything, but I saw Ready Player One on Thursday. Yeah? How, how'd you like it? Yeah. I mean, it was good. I mean, a nice amount of Mendo. Like, I was the only one in the crowd full of theater when Mendo first came out. I was like, Mendo! <laughs> Doing Steel Saunders proud. I've always, always, but no, he did good. He's a good villain. 
Like he just, it just is like the Amer. He did like the American accent or like whatever accent. Like he tries to do to sound American, and I'm just like, just give me Aussie, Aussie Mendo. Like just yeah, I love his real accent so much. Me too. Oh, I love his face. <laughs> just- <laughs> Yeah, he's awfully I pretty. I know. I follow that best of Mendo uh, Twitter page, which I recommend to everyone. I get like a bunch of Mendo like videos or quotes or pictures a day, and I'm like, all right, a day is gonna be great because I see Mendo here smiling. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But, oh, uh, yeah. Anyways. Also, um, the I mentioned last week that I recorded an episode of the Steel Wars spinoff podcast, Strother Wars. Um, that's on the Steel Wars <laughs> feed. So it's just me talking to the amazing Eric Struthers from The Bad Motivators and The Sith List about star wars and about steel wars and like we go over some of my favorite moments from the podcast and we had a really fun discussion and go listen to that because it was a good time yeah i was listening to a little bit of it before recording so i was really enjoying it i i love eric struthers so much me too he's just so wonderful and sweet (sighs) he's the best dude like all the time i was talking to him during that i'm just like i just want to talk to eric all the time I know. We need to kidnap him and get him on the show. Yeah, we'll just, like, steal him. Steal him. We'll steal him from the Sith list. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect trade. I mean, we're not giving them anything in return, so I don't know if it counts as a trade. But (laughs) Uh, I mean, technically you're dating one of them, so I guess it could be a trade. (laughs) I'll give him a port. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) Oh, speaking of, did you name did you name your new porg yet? So I've been thinking of names, and like one just hit me today, and I'm like thinking of okay, out of the 19 porgs, does this porg have this name? And it didn't, and I was like, then I gotta name a porg this because it's a necessity, but um. I named it Porg. <laughs> you named the Porg Porg. Yes. <laughs> you are one lazy ass Porg parent. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I literally couldn't think of anything else. So I'm like, you're Porg. You're like, it's like the best Porg. Well, okay. <laughs> I can't cover all the Porg's ears, but no, like it's a really fucking cute porg like it's so big and chunky and fluffy and it's like it's legitimately like everything i've ever wanted and more in a porg (laughs) okay porg the porg yeah porg porg the porg (laughs) i mean do you have any more coming on order no, um, I was thinking to get in the Funko one soon because I keep seeing it online for like almost reasonable price. And then um, there's see, there's that one. 
There's also this other one. Um, yeah, I'm almost there with like, I'm almost done with the porgs, like with the collecting, but I'll get there. I think the finale will be the, the Force Friday porg. I have to find someone to steal that from. Yeah, I mean, you got to get it eventually. I do. Like, I'm just imagining trying to fit it in my car, trying to fit it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, what do you but do that with is, that? It's huge. I know. That is the end goal, though. The end goal is the, the giant Porg. Maybe I should name that one Porg. No, it'll, a name will come. A name will come for that one. But, yeah, still at 20. Um, might be 21 soon if I end up getting that little Funko Porg, which I probably will because I've been setting my eyes on it for months because Porgs. But, you know. Because you don't have enough, obviously. No, never. Never. There's never enough Porgs. My table might disagree, but I don't. <laughs> oh, but anyways, um, we have news of monthly Mendo movies. Yes. Um, so this will be on episode 37. So two weeks from when you're listening to this and it's going to be 1987's the year my voice broke um it's a pretty well received coming of age story um just a little bit of description if you haven't heard of it before uh Danny and Freya have been friends since they were little children, and now they're becoming young adults. Danny's feelings for her are becoming sexual. Freya, though, turns her attention to Trevor, Ben Mendelsohn, a charismatic rugby player and occasional car thief. Danny's jealousy is tempered by the fact that Trevor seems like a genuinely decent guy. The three mi- misfits become allies against the boys in their small Australian town. Uh, this is streaming on Amazon Prime, if you're... Sign up for that. And I also think, it, I mean, you know, it's a couple bucks for a rental if you're not. But it's like young teenage Mendo. Little Mendo. Yeah. Have you seen this movie? Yes. Um, it's, I saw it, I mean, a few years ago now. I don't remember it that well. But I remember that I really enjoyed it. It's just sort of a nice little, like, coming of age drama um okay and i i really i really like noah taylor is the other one in it i like him a lot um he's been in a tons of stuff he was in uh he's actually uh one of the um one of the uh guys at the wall on game of thrones um i can't remember which one he plays but he has like a cool mustache Oh, okay. Yeah. He was also, yeah, he up. was in the terrible Johnny Depp, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He was Charlie's dad. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of him, and of course, I scroll down, and there's Mendo. Yeah. But I think I think it's a good good change up from Animal Kingdom. And I think it's just sort of a good movie that people will like. Yeah. 
it's one like oh, yeah. when I was first when I was first like asking people like hey which one should we hit first like this is a, this is one that came up frequently that people wanted us to do oh that's great then I'm really excited to see this movie then yeah so two weeks we'll talk about that um, if you watched it and you have anything you want to say uh, email us cantabitepod at gmail.com and we'll just hold that off like until we do the episode so write in whenever heck yeah um, it's been not a huge news week for Star Wars, but there's a couple of little things, uh, some exciting stuff. Ron Howard put out that the final edit of Solo is locked. So, you know, now it's just stuff like finishing up some sound design and the, the nitty gritty stuff. Yeah, it's it's slowly coming. I know today is the 1st of April and we're getting this movie on the 25th of May. So shit, it's coming. Yeah, and there's there's he Ron did confirm that there is, I mean, of course, there's going to be another trailer. Um I would assume soonish since the movie's coming out in a month and a half. Yeah, they need something to put in front of um, Infinity War when it comes out in, I think, the 27th of April? Yeah, that would make sense. So I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another, like, you know, premiere on Good Morning America or something like that, like the day before, and then it'll be, then it'll be in theaters. Oh, yeah, because they have to do the, oh, yeah, tickets are on sale. I still have to figure out where or my destination or whatever I'm going to end up doing for that whole weekend because that's my birthday weekend. So it's going to be kind of crazy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Between Mm -hmm. that and and assume you're going to steal show and. Oh, of course. It's always a good time. It'll be, it'll be, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that ticket sales don't go as ridiculously as the last couple of movies have. Like, get your shit together, Fandango. Yeah, Fandango. Yeah, like, I've always had problems, like, with like Fandango, like when Black Panther tickets came out, like for some reason, like the theater that I wanted, like didn't show up for like, I think like a day or two. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Well, I got my tickets. Thank God. But I, cause we're seeing Infinity War and like that theater's like totally fucking sold out because obviously Infinity War is going to get a lot of, lot of people. But yeah. Solo, I don't know. It's hard to determine, like, how many people are probably going to see Solo. Like, you kind of look back at the Rogue One hype. But then again, like, they had a lot more, you know, advertising, merch. Like, you go to Disneyland and you only see, like, a Solo shirt, a pin, another shirt, long sleeve, short sleeve, you know? Like, you don't really see a lot. Still, it's interesting. Yeah, I felt like there was a lot more of a push for Rogue One. Yeah, I think they were just dying to bring back, you know, like, the the old... old star wars feel like the stormtroopers and you know the at 
RT or AT, whatever the yeah, and, and it's possible they felt model. They it's all possible they felt like they had to push that one more because it was, and it was the first standalone of these. Know. It was the first standalone, and it was this weird, you know, set like one day before another movie weirdness. Yeah, but I think you know it, it's. It, like, I don't have to explain to my mom that the Han Solo movie is set before the other movies. <laughs> like, Rogue One, I had to explain to people, no, it's not the next movie. It's actually before the first movie. And it's, yeah. But this, it's just, you know, it's much easier to sell from that perspective. Yeah, like, I always hated having to explain, like, the Rogue One thing. Like, not to, like, to, like, normal people almost, like, yeah, but for people who are, like, thinking or that, you know, those people that, like, say, like, they're really big Star Wars fans and then it's, like, Rogue One and then they're, like, where, like, I literally, literally, like, um, some chick I used to work with at my old job, I had posted that the, so, the Rogue One trailer is out and she commented on my on the video saying, I'm so confused. Where's Luke Skywalker? Where's Ray? I don't see BB-8. <laughs> I was like, ah. uh, I was like, um, this isn't episode eight. This is a new, mo- this is a, this is a, something different. Yeah, yeah. I think I think in the future that'll be easier to to tell people. And cause, I know, you know it's sort of yeah, it's sort of like like the Marvel model of doing solo movies and then doing group movies. Like there's there's the standalones and there's the episodic, and people will get used to it eventually. Yeah, they will with the amount of standalones we'll probably get in the future but i don't know the news on that's been like kind of silent now yeah we still don't know what the next one is it's very strange yeah i feel like it's gonna be kenobi but i feel like that's just me wanting you me and mcgregor back i can't speak but i don't know we'll see we'll see but um let's see Oh, there was just another, there was a little bit on makingstarwars.net about uh, Galaxy's Edge. There's going to be a Millennium Falcon ride. That's, that's, looks like a sort of like, like interactive flight sim sort of game. Yeah. I'm, because I haven't read this yet, so. Um, I mean, honestly, like, who doesn't want to fly around in the Millennium Falcon? I know. That's, that'd be awesome. Yeah, one of those stimulator rides, which are okay. <laughs> simulator. Simulator. Sim- simulator. Sorry, I can't read. <laughs> simulator. St- st- stimu- <laughs> uh, the Millennium Falcon stimulator is, is a much different thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But anyways, yeah. Hey, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. I'm interested to see what other rides like they'll do with Star Wars Land. Like obviously it's only going to be like probably like two or three rides and the rest being food places. <laughs> what I mean, yeah, probably. 
well, I wonder what foods that they would have. Like, I know obviously it's going to be like normal foods, but I mean, like, what are they going to There's going to be some sort of like blue milkshake and. Yeah. I drink a blue milkshake, but not blue milk. It'll be like a Wampa burger or whatever the hell. I mean, it's just going to yeah. anything Porg them out. If, if someone tries to advertise a Porg burger, then like I'm. Porg kebab. I'm. I'm going. Ve- I'm a vegetarian in Star Wars land. Everywhere else. Uh, uh. Oh man. <laughs> Look, it's just going to be a lot of the same stuff with Star Wars names. Yeah, I know. But that's fine. It's fine. It's it's fine. That's what amusement parks are. Are you like interested in like going to Galaxy's Edge one day? I mean, one day, but I also, like, like, the crowd thing really turns me off. And I know it's going to be insane there. Yeah, I highly recommend that if you do go to Galaxy's Edge, go in Orlando. Because Disneyland is a lot more congested. Because Disneyland's a lot smaller than... um, the other parks and like on the Disney lot in um, Disney World. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like I always feel like I have more space at like Hollywood Studios than I do when I'm at Disneyland, which is like kind of weird to say, but I know that obviously like those two parks are different because Hollywood Studios where Galaxy's Edge is going is basically the California adventure in California. But that's kind of hard to explain too, but Disney logistics here, but uh yeah it's probably going to be a lot bigger too because they're doing the thing where they're because it's because when i was showing you the pictures in that one episode and they're like connecting a bridge and they're doing like a hotel right next to it too i don't think i don't know 100 percent if they're doing that with disneyland also but i know for a fact that they're doing that with orlando man i want to like i it's it's way outside of my price range but i want to do that hotel experience so bad I know that just sounds so cool, like Star Wars hotel, like, and they're, I don't know, just like the pictures of the when they were talking about it. Here, let me look that back up. Star Wars hotel, Star Wars inspired resort planned for Walt Disney World resort. Yeah. Um, first of its kind, luxury complete. Uh, authentic Star Wars story guest journey through space will start when everyone departs together in the multi-day Star Wars adventure by boarding a starship alive with <laughs> live characters and stories unfold all around them. Fun. It's crazy. I can't wait. I always love seeing like the 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 people who work there like their costumes or like their work uniforms especially for star wars because it's always like kind of funky and it always just interests me for some reason like disney cast members like uniforms are like just something that like i really am always like really interested in yeah especially with star wars but yeah galaxy's edge i try to go to disneyland every now and then and i always see um the shit ton of construction that they're doing which is like really good. So it's really exciting. Yeah. I think it's, it's sort of just fun to watch it develop and see what's going to be there. Yeah. In uh, May, I think May 3rd, like Disneyland's having like a star Wars night where like they close the park down at like 
nine o'clock and open it until like um one or two in the morning and rusty and i are going to that so oh we're gonna have like special special star wars things and stuff i know like the tickets are like already like sold out for that like usually those events like you can get tickets like a day before or something but yeah like everyone wants to go you know i guess like i don't know if they're gonna do like a sneak peek of like star wars land or something or do something special but who knows i will investigate and i will let you know in may and oh my god it's almost may i still feel like it's february (laughs) yeah me too Oh, um, while we're on, I mean, sort of the topic on, on Galaxy's Edge, because yeah. the, the planet there is, are, is it Batu? Is that how we're pronouncing it? I think it's Batu. Batu? Okay. Batu. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> we have so we're the fucking worst. <laughs> but um, the new, the new Thrawn book, was it Thrawn Allegiances? Allegiance. It's alliances. Alliances. Okay. Um Thrawn book new. I don't want the old ones. Um Alliances. Alliances. There we okay. go. There we go. Anyway, apparently a portion of it is going to be set there. Ooh. So we're going to see Thrawn and, and I think maybe Vader. Yeah, because Vader's on the cover. <laughs> on on Batu doing some sort of mission. So I think that'll be that'll be cool to get some more idea of what that planet is. Yeah. Sorry I was laughing because um you see like the, the cover of um alliances and you see like vader and thrawn and almost looks like you know those romance novels when like (laughs) (laughs) so i i wonder if this is going to be a romance novel between um thrawn and vader i would then i would definitely read it (laughs) i would read the fuck out of that book let me tell you i mean i mean yeah even like thrawn is pretty hot for a blue-skinned red-eyed demon Really? I mean, honestly, like honestly, I think the red eyes bothered me a lot more than the blue skin does. But I I always liked his accent. Like in well, I kind of hate love and rebels, but like when he would try to try to be like kind of like sneaky and like an asshole, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm like, okay, Thrawn. But <laughs> Yeah, that one that one comes out in July. I don't know. I mean, I should probably read that first Thrawn book first, but I haven't read any of the. Thrawn yeah, I didn't. Books. Yeah, I I didn't read the th- the trilogy, and I just at this point I'm not going to. But I might go back to that whatever that sort of reboot of it was that is now the new canon. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard anything but lovely things about um, the book, so. Yeah, but I also hear a lot of lovely things about Darth Plagueis, and I hate that book, so. Yeah. Uh, I guess, like, I... I'm just, like, with Plagueis, it's like, how... How are... uh, 
and words come in my mouth. I don't know, just like a character that we don't even know about that we get like five seconds of knowledge about, like from Palpatine episode three, being like, "Have you heard of Darth Plagueis the Wise?" I mean, like you see the relationship with with a uh, Palpatine and Plagueis, but I mean, like what else? <laughs> sorry, King Tom. Yeah. Hi, 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 King Tom. I'm sorry I've disappointed you, but. I mean, it was cool seeing, like, Palpatine, like, get all angry and kill everyone. But, I mean, like, you basically see that in um, Revenge of the Sith when he battles all those Jedi and kills, like, four of them in five seconds and then kind of destroys Mace Windu in the help of Anakin. I just I just don't need uh, every sentence in a book to have eight adjectives and th- three adverbs. <laughs> uh, okay, um... Let's let's move on from how much I hate that book, because I know people really love it, and you know, yeah, yeah, God yeah. bless. Um, we got yes. a description for most wanted, which is the solo young adult tie-in, which is about Kira and Han when they were younger, and the synopsis on that. Set before the events of Solo, a Star Wars story. Han and Kara don't have a lot in common other than not having a lot. They're street kids on the, dust- on the industrial planet of Corella, doing whatever it takes to get by, dreaming of something more. They jump with a chance to prove themselves in the perilous world of Corellia's criminal underbelly, only to discover they're on the same mission for the same unscrupulous boss. When the job goes disastrously wrong, Han and Kira are on a run from pirates, a droid crime syndicate, the Empire, and their boss, and will have to learn to trust each other if they're going to survive. Sounds cheesy. It sounds like every young adult adventure book in the history of young adult adventure books, but I'm I I like the sound of droid crime syndicate. Yeah, that, that pops up or that uh that stands out. Um yeah, I mean I definitely probably won't read it, but I mean I'm excited to hear like who reads it or like what happens, but those young author or young young audience movies mean books i mean words ah but no because i hear good things about that lost stars book yeah i don't know oh this will be like if this pops up on my library ebooks i'll get it i'm not gonna buy it but yeah i mean well also well here's the thing if if i really like solo i might read it yeah, that's true. I mean, if you were like Kira too. Yeah, if I end up falling in love with that movie and really liking those characters, then I'll, you know, want to read everything. Do you see that happening, though? <sighs> I mean, at right now, no. I just, I don't, I'm not very excited about Solo. But maybe, you know, maybe I just need this next trailer. And it's also just sort of, I keep forgetting it's coming out so soon. I'm the same Which is not way. a great sign. It's not a great sign, but it's also just sort of, I think it's just it happens to be that time is moving fast. And like, I don't know, for the other movies, like when they're coming around Christmas time, that's pegged to something that's already set in my head. Whereas this one is just coming out in late May. And so I just don't think about it as much. I know, like I'm focusing more on like, 
that I have finals like in the next couple weeks rather than I'm getting a Star Wars film in like two months. So like my priorities are very like, I don't know. But then again, it's like I'm so used to the Christmas Star Wars movies to the point where like it's going to be around Christmas time and I'm going to be like anxiously waiting for something to be like, fuck, I'm not getting something until next Christmas because that's when episode nine is coming out. But I don't know. Like, I feel like I was, like, really excited for this in the beginning, but, like, now I just feel like I've, like, completely forgot about, forgotten about it. And I know that we're going to get that trailer and we're all going to be like, oh, my God, again. But really, like, I, right now, I'm, I don't really, not that I don't care, but I'll care one day. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I'll be excited when I'm, maybe when tickets go on sale. I mean, I hope I am. Yeah, me too. I don't want to not be excited about Star Wars. I know. That's my biggest fear with, like, all this, uh, you know, all these movies coming out. But, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I've always been confident in my love for Star Wars. And even though, like, sometimes it's, like, could be, like, slow news. Like, when we get, like, really big news or something, like, something that legitimately excites me, then, like, I, I don't know. Like, with these Forces of Destiny episodes, like. I was really excited for them. Like, they're really cute. I know they're only, like, two-minute little cartoon things, but I love, like, you know, something new and something, you know, we haven't seen before. Makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we got a, a tweet from Dom saying, please don't hate me for the email I just sent. So there's some sizzle for about 20 minutes from now when we get to email. <laughs> when we get to email. <laughs> I know. I saw it like pop up on my um on my MacBook and I was like, oh okay, cool. We got an email, so I can't wait to to read it. Because I I, I would skim it right now, but I kind of want to wait. Yeah, now I wanna now I wanna know what the surprise is. I know. Do we have a top three this week? Or are we just gonna yeah, we do. We oh. have one from Adele. Oh awesome. Wow, I should have read more of the show notes. <laughs> Damn it, Brittany. But hi, Adele. She's fucking awesome. But <laughs> Okay, I just read the top three. I'm not the top three, but I read Dom's email. Okay. Um... <laughs> oh, no. I want to read it now. No, you're not allowed to. <laughs> oh, Brittany's not allowed to do anything no, anymore. No, specifically, you're not allowed to read this email because of what it is. Oh, God. I can only imagine. It does have to do with porgs. It, um, it has to do with something else. All right. So. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't even like this. Is one of, this is how slow this news week is that this is even in my notes. But there was a. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the time, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. We could have an interesting discussion on this. But I realized we've had this discussion a billion times because every Star Wars podcast has. But. Uh, Time had an article up off of an interview with Collider, and Collider had asked Mark what he thought the best way to to watch the Star Wars movies is. And what I love about his answer is he so obviously doesn't give a shit. But he still is Mark Hamill and he's a good guy. And he answers. And and he thinks that it's it's release order, which I agree with. Yeah, me too. But, you know, he also, you know, he mentions watching it in in technically chronological order and sort of how, how it might be jarring 
for kids who are used to today's Star Wars movies to watch the older movies, because, I mean, obviously, you know, when you're looking at 40 old movies, the look is, is going to be completely different. Yeah, like, because of that, like, it took me a long time to connect with the the um, the original trilogy rather than the prequels. Like, I feel like I connected more with the prequels as a child because it was something that was new. Like, I connected with the whole CGI thing because that was big when I was a kid. Yeah. And, you know, going back to, like, you know, growing up, I'd watch more of the original trilogy and be like, fuck, this is great. Well, obviously, I knew Star Wars was great. But I mean, like, you know, deeper meanings and everything, too, that I understood now as an adult. But, yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I think it's I always think it's interesting, like how people not that they how they rank the movies, but like the best way they want to watch them. Like, I'm very like order of year that they came out. Like, I'm very strong on that. Like, there's those people that are like, um, like, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, or, or they do like the two, three, four, five. Oh, God, I just can't be bothered. Three, six. <laughs> well, yeah. Machete or skipping the Phantom Menace, which I totally disagree with because there's so much explained in the Phantom Menace, too. Like, you can't just avoid that movie. I mean, I don't know. I guess sort of, it's hard for me to answer because I'm I'm not watching Star Wars for the first time. And I'm never going to be watching all of Star Wars for the first time. So, it, it's hard to say what I would get the most enjoyment out of if I'd never seen it before. Yeah. I always love having those friends that have like never seen it and then you're like we're gonna see a great movie tonight and then like they watch it and they're like eh then you're slowly you're like okay like they don't like this this is fine this is not fine (laughs) but yeah it's not fine it's not fine but no that's like all my friends like or like my friends that live in San Diego like they all just know me as like Star Wars obsessed weird person no i'm kidding they like me most of the time (laughs) but that's always been like my thing like i would always like kind of jokingly like make them watch star wars but like one of my friends she saw the last jedi and she's like i have so many complaints like the porgs looked bad like that was the first thing she went off with yeah yeah okay so smack her in the face no because like i understood where she was coming from kind of because like she um She's going to school for, like, art and animation and shit. And she was just, like, talking about, like, how, like, the Porgs always look different and how, like, they were animated terribly, like, or how apparently, like, the CGI in this movie looked awful, which I don't really agree with. But, I mean, she no- she's, that's, like, her major, so like, I don't want to be like, she's wrong! But, you know... I don't know, but starting it off with the porgs looked awful was kind of like a stab at my little heart. But I mean, I love the porgs. I love how there are different porgs, but I was one of the first people to be like, hmm, like when we started getting the trailers and some porgs look different. But I mean, like, that's just me being weird me. But I mean, eh, people are different. I mean, at least that she's not being like, The Last Jedi is the worst Star Wars movie ever. But <laughs> I haven't met anyone yet that's like said that. 
I'm really interested to like meet someone who like legit thinks that like The Last Jedi is like the worst. I am not movie. I am not interested in meeting those people. Like, uh, not like meet. Well, because it's like let me think. No, like I remember during like Christmas time, I went to this like family thing, and like there are these like two guys there, and I was like kindly explaining to them like why Canto Bite was important and why you shouldn't have fallen asleep during that, or like why it's stupid that it bored you. But I, I don't know. I always hear like complaints, like you know, going back to Canto Bite and the Holdo thing. That's the big one, and then, um, that basically Luke in the end. Like it's always those like three things. People who just wanted the movie to be one long lightsaber fight. Whatever. I don't have time for them. Nope. I don't either. But, um. Anyways, Lorna Miller, I guess they'll have the executive producer credit on Solo. Yeah, I guess. Um, that's what has been said anyway. I don't even know if that's like official, official or just something that people were saying. But, I mean, executive producer credits are nothing. Like, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're less than producer credits. They don't mean a goddamn thing. Uh, but obviously, they have to be credited somehow because no matter how much of this movie Ron Howard reshot, Gordon Miller did work on it quite a bit yeah they did yeah Rusty was telling me the other day that they were going to be executive producers or listed I'm like really and he's like yeah of course like they worked on this movie too I mean like obviously like they were fired from the director position but do you think that they still worked on this film no no I think that's I think that's was probably some sort of negotiated thing Uh, my feeling is that there's there's got to be a lot of resentment on their end. How could there not be? They got fired off of Star Wars. Yeah. No one wants to be fired on Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine, like, how fucking hard that must have been. But, I mean, like, maybe it was, like, one of those things that, like, they just knew it was coming and they were, like, okay, but still kind of resented it. Well, yeah, it's got to suck. I mean, they were, if you go back and, and listen to some of their their interviews and stuff when they when that was announced, like, I mean, when, they're, when they were announced as the directors, like, they were so excited because they're huge Star Wars fans. They, like, grew up with Star Wars and however much I think I probably wouldn't have liked their Han Solo movie. Like, I still feel really bad for them. Yeah, I do too. Like... It would have been interesting to see, like, what exactly they would have done with this film. But, like, I trust Ron Howard. But in the end, like, Lord Miller, like, they were the original, you know, directors for this film. And, God, that sucks. But, well, Emily. I watched some Clone Wars, and I liked them. Whoa! Yeah, uh, I watched, I ended up watching three again this week because it was another like three episode arc and it didn't make sense to stop, especially because after this, there's two more episodes left in, um, in season three. But this was 18, 19, and 20, and this is the, the Citadel arc. Um, and basically I'm not going to remember what happened in what episode, but there's a Jedi general um, Peel 
who has information on like a new hyperspace route that would give the Republic a really big advantage in the war. And so he gets captured by the separatists and put in this huge prison complex that was partially made especially to keep Jedi in. And there's all sorts of traps and and security everywhere. And it's, you know, it's it's like Alcatraz planet, basically. And so Obi-Wan and Anakin are assigned to go rescue him. And Ahsoka sneaks off with them because that's, of course, what she's going to do. Um, there's this hilarious thing, like, uh, like Anakin, Anakin tells her that's too, too dangerous for her to go. And there's this, there's this moment when, when she's whining about it, she's like, he's picking and choosing what missions I can go on. And, uh, what's his name? Uh, Clone, what's his name? The other, yeah, it's like, yeah, Plo- he's your master. Like, like literally that's his job. <laughs> That's his job, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see. Oh, there is. Let's see. Uh, R2D2 has a couple of battle droids that he reprogrammed, and they call him Commander. And like, there's just this great, I forget the exact line, but 3PO is really bitchy about it. And that made me happy. So R2 is coming along oh. too because. Of course. Because to get onto the planet, like the security will scan for life forms. So they have the droids and R2 like flying the ship, and they are all frozen in carbonite so that they can get to the planet. Um and then there's like the warden guy who um Osai Sobek. I have to say, as much as I liked these episodes, I hated this character so much. He's basically Skeletor. It is such an over-the-top, ridiculous thing. And I actually looked up, like, I wanted to see who was doing the voice, because I, I couldn't I couldn't tell if it was somebody I recognized or not. And I realized it's not somebody I recognized, but it is somebody intentionally doing, like, a Christopher Walken thing. He actually he said this in an interview. Like it's not it's not necessarily a Christopher Walken impression, but he's doing that sort of cadence. But anyway, it's 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 the one part of these episodes I really thought was dumb and didn't like. But most of it's just sort of fun adventure prison break. And then like, okay, so I knew this first episode was the episode I was finally gonna get Tarkin. And then I'm like, where the hell is Tarkin? Like, Tarkin's not here. It's, like, halfway through the episode. We're almost at the end of the episode. I'm like, still haven't fucking seen Tarkin. I was so upset. And then um, when they rescue Peel, he's like, I only have half of the of the coordinates, the information on these routes. I gave the other half to my captain. And that way, you know, in case we got caught and one of us broke there'd still be the other one. So they couldn't, they couldn't just break one of them and have the info. Um, oh, by the way, at one point, uh, uh, Sobek actually screams like at his guards, you fools. And it's, it's, it's terrible. Fucking hated it. And he also looks like some sort of horror clown, which I didn't appreciate. But 
They go to rescue Peel's officers, and the captain is, in fact, Captain Tarkin. It's, ugh, you know, it's young Tarkin, and he's voiced by Stephen Stanton, and they just, I don't know, they captured this character perfectly. Um, Stanton's voice is spot on, like younger Peter Cushing. The, the mannerisms, the way it's animated, it's all really good. And so, you know, the next episode is them trying to, to get out now that they have everybody. So you have um, Obi going on off with the, with the other Jedi. And then you have Anakin with Tarkin and Ahsoka. And, you know, some obviously some other troopers and stuff. So there's those are the two groups that we're following. Like Obi-Wan and his dudes are falling around, crawling around in the vents. And then like the other people are, are going through these old tunnels. And we just get we get some really cool Tarkin moments, either just like being really bitchy towards Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka and pretty much everybody because he's Tarkin and that's what he does. Uh, and also he has this line about how how impressed he is by by the fortress. And Ahsoka's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, this is the death trap that we are stuck in. And he's like, well, I'm just upset that the Separatists have it and not us. <laughs> I love that. I remember that. Um, and at what point, okay, so they are, Obi-Wan and his group are about to get to the shuttle. But they realize because like R2 isn't there and he's supposed to be and they realize that this could be a trap like Obi-Wan even says this could totally be a trap let's check it out further and then they do what they always do which is walk right into the trap so they get captured by the evil clown guy but then um, because they have these reprogrammed battle droids they like intercept them when they're being taken down to interrogation. And there's this cool conversation between Anakin and, and Tarkin, where Anakin is, you know, talking about what a dick Tarkin's being, basically. And Tarkin's just like, I don't think the Jedi should be in charge of the war because the Jedi code keeps them from doing what needs to be done to end things, which of course it means the Jedi don't want to murder a whole bunch of people. But he has his point, which is peacekeepers should not be leading a war. And and you sort of have Anakin go, yeah, I sort of get what you're talking about. And I, I feel like, I mean, we've seen little hints of this in Anakin before, but I think this is when like we really hear him flat out say it. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, like, this is the first, like, episode where we really see Anakin kind of, you know, rationing with someone like Tarkin. Like, Tarkin's, like, his thoughts are very extreme, you know, talking about, like, being impressed with this prison area, basically. And Anakin, you know, kind of appreciating it and kind of, you know, like, his little hints at, like, the Death Star or something, you know. Like, I'm just reminded, like, how great Tarkin was in this, in these episodes, yeah, he's just, he's so matter-of-fact about it all. Yeah. Like, he is a, well, I mean, a captain right now, but, you know, eventually, you, you, I mean, you definitely see why he's such a good Imperial officer. He's just, he's very, 
straightforward and practical and he's a he's an officer in wartime yeah um and also we we already see like the power hungry stuff because he's talking about like how he you know how he's fallen under the favor of the chancellor and stuff like that and it's pretty great and so at the end of the second episode, they end up having to call the Jedi Council to be like, hey, you need to send a fleet to come get us. And that takes us into episode three when they're like having to cross this fairly dangerous planet in order to get to this rendezvous point. And there's like these sort of like hyena looking things that attack them. And there's lots of fighting with droids. Lots and lots of fighting, 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 fighting. Um... We see Anakin defending Tarkin to Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, and he, he repeats, you know, Tarkin's point about the Jedi code. And Obi-Wan is a little bit worried, not as worried as he should be. Uh, Ahsoka's just sort of disgusted with it all, because she really doesn't like Tarkin. But Anakin's just like, he's a really good captain. Um, eventually... The Jedi Master Peel gets killed, and he gives the information he has to Ahsoka and tells her not to tell anybody but the Jedi Council. So then when they get back, you have Ahsoka being like, I'm not telling anybody but the Jedi Council. And you have Tarkin being like, well, I'm not telling anybody what I have except the Chancellor. And (laughs) Yoda's basically like, just, okay, fine. Just go tell who you're going to tell, and then we'll fucking figure it out. Um, oh, I should say, Ahsoka actually does end up rescuing Tarkin, because the uh, Skeletor evil clown dude is about to kill him, and Ahsoka stabs him in the back. And then Tarkin gives a very Tarkin thank you to it. But one of my favorite parts is the very end, you have this handshake between, um, between Tarkin and Anakin, and it's sort of this, like beginnings of mutual respect and i i believe you just hear like one line of the imperial march in the background music while it's happening and and annie and um obi-wan again like warns anakin about him sort of you know he's this dangerous ambitious guy and, and anakin just sort of brushes off but i thought this did a really good job of of starting to bring in that stuff with Anakin without without it being like over the top like dramatic like hitting you over the head with it stuff yeah god damn it I should have rewatched these episodes but you know from what I remember from these like this arc this Tarkin arc Tarkin arc um I just remember it being really dark and Especially everything with Tarkin and Anakin, like them kind of like creating their bond that, you know, obviously we see in like the the comics or in, you know, in the movies, especially or in the, A New Hope, like that they kind of respect each other in a way or like they don't, they not tolerate each other, but it's like they're, they, they work together and they're fine with it, you know? Yeah. And I just, I mean, I'm just, again, like I, obviously I really love Tarkin and it's just cool to see this younger version of this character that I really like and of course to have somebody as mm-hmm. good as Steven Stanton doing the voice he's so great 
Oh, like obviously, like I knew that he could. I knew he could do this voice. Like I've heard him do it before, but this was really the first time, like within you know within the show as I'm watching it, that I got that I got to that I got to hear it. He did a little bit of it when I was when I was on the phone with him that one time. It's pretty fucking awesome. Or when he would call into Steel shows, and then, or he would do the impersonation of Steel, or uh, Admiral Radis. He is the best. He is. He's yeah. So next week, next week, I'll be ending season three. Uh, There's, I'll be be back to just two episodes, but I'm, I'm like halfway through the show now. It's incredible. You just like flew past season three. Feels like. I well, I felt like it was never going to end, <laughs> and then, but then I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't hate the Morta stuff. I'm still not sure if I really like it, but, but I was, I was interested while watching it. And then this last arc, I really enjoyed. So that it's much easier to watch when you actually like it. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Then I knew you'd enjoy this episode. So, and with Tarkin too, like I'm. I'm happy. Like, I know that we obviously get Tarkin and Rebels, but I was always more excited in the Clone Wars because we get to see him interacting with, like, young Anakin and everyone else, too. Like, I loved how Soko kind of was bothered as fuck by him, you know? Like, that she really was like, dude, this guy's terrible. And Anakin's like, now I see his point. Like, I see where he's coming from, which is, like, fucking huge. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a couple of times where you just see her rolling her eyes, and it's it's pretty good. I know. Oh, sassy Ahsoka, but sweet. Do you know what episode you have next week or episodes? Uh, it's the last two. So like one of them, like Ahsoka is taken prisoner. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't read any further eh. than that. You'll get there. That'll be an interesting discussion. But hell yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, we had a top three this week from Adele. Hi, Adele. Hello. Um, she wanted to know our top three, the character-based movies, a la Han Solo, that would most interest me. Um, off the top of my head, the ones that would most interest me, and I'm not necessarily, these would not be, um, big (laughs) blockbuster movies that would appeal necessarily to anybody else. Uh, I want a Mon Mothma movie, like a good, like political, thrillery type movie. Um, basically, and we got some of this in the Leia Prince of Alderaan book, but sort of when Mothma and Bail Organa were still, you know, pretending to be totally like in line with everything senators. While they were, you know, planning the seeds of the rebellion, I think, I think you could do something really cool there. Because um, we know eventually that she had to like flee, and was declared like an enemy of the state or whatever it is, the enemy of the state is when it's you know the galaxy. I guess an enemy of the empire, but that that I would love. Um, Look, I want a Krennic movie. Obviously, I want a Krennic movie. Mendo! Like, yeah, like the stuff that we see a little bit of in Catalyst, the sort of, 
quote unquote guy from the wrong side of the tracks working his way through the Imperial Academy. Um getting into shit and being sort of a <laughs> I, I could almost like not not I mean obviously not like taking over somebody else's life and impersonating them, but sort of in, in terms of feel like a talented Mr. Ripley kind of thing. Where he's just constantly like backstabbing people and doing whatever he can to get ahead. Um what else would I like? Do 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 do. Oh, I totally want a Lando movie. Oh yeah, Lando. Yeah, Lando all the way. How about you? I know at least what one of yours is, but what's one of mine? What, what, the one you were just talking about wanting. Yeah, I know. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, Obi Wan. Um, I like the idea of young Princess Leia. Like, obviously, I didn't le- read. Um, what was that one called? The one you were just talking Leia about, Princess it. of Alderaan. A Princess of Alderaan. Yeah, I, I almost would have loved that. Like, as like a sh- movie. Well, I don't. I know, like that. That would have never happened. But that would have been really interesting. Like, she meets. Well, spoiler alert, kind of. She meets Tarkin, though, right? Yes, he's in it a lot, and he's super scary. Oh, I'd love that in like live action, like seeing oh, him. Damn. There is. Oh my! God. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't read the book. But if you, if people who have read the book, know what I'm talking about, there is this dinner party scene where Tarkin sort of crashes it, and it is so intense. And there is some amazing stuff with, um, uh, with. Mon Mothma and Bale and Brea Organa. Like, it's so good. It's such a good scene. Oh, my God. All right, so Leia. And then back to my homegirl, Padme. Like, I want I want more Padme. Like, either, like, her, like, before episode two or, like, not during the Clone Wars or, like, right, right after, no, right when the Clone Wars is starting. I don't know. I feel like that would, uh, thinking about it now, like, what can you do with Padme? But I mean, like, you know, maybe like political thr- thriller thing, kind of like Mon Mothma. But I mean, like, Mon Mothma is more interesting in politics. And well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. If you heard my chair squeak, that was my chair squeaking. But I swear, I was editing the episode last week and I heard my chair squeak. <laughs> Okay. I'm not crazy. I mean, probably, but no. But yeah, those are my my top three. But again, if you guys have any top three recommendations, email us at cantobitepod at gmail.com. And um Or or tell us what character movies you would want. Yeah, tell us. Tell us the answers to your top three. Like, give us a top three and then give us, like, your top three also. Or, like, because, like, once we did, like, favorite, um, like, costumes and someone sent us, like, their favorite, like, costumes. Or, um, trying to forget or trying to think. (laughs) I'm not trying to forget. I'm trying to think. But, no, I want to know what everyone's top threes are. So, let us know. 
But uh, do you want to get to emails? Yeah. Or no. Um, yeah. Um, okay. 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 So before we before we read some email, I wanted shit. Okay. So last week we had talked about our thoughts on Rago, and our thoughts were not um, particularly positive. And we got some feedback on that. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to read that directly, but I did, I did feel the need to respond to it. And uh, I sort of went back and forth with this, uh, whether I should say anything and what I wanted to say, but I talked to, I talked to some other podcaster friends and decided I needed to say something just to get it off of my chest, which, and... (laughs) God, I've said this so much that I'm that I'm sick of saying it. But obviously, right off the bat, like you can you can ship whoever you want, and and that's and that's fine. And it's fine to ship things that aren't you know like quote unquote healthy or 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 nice or good. And I have I have I have plenty of those things. And like the, like the fan feed thick that I read is often um, it, like would be disturbing as hell as if it were ever canon. And so that's what I want to talk about is when when I see people push for Raylo to be canon, and that's specifically what I want to talk about because again, ship whatever you want to ship. But my objections to it when I talk about Kylo being emotionally abusive and let's put aside the whole mass murderer you know patricide tried to kill a lot of people that ray cares about thing aside and let's just look at the let's just look at the emotional abuse i'm not i'm not talking in the abstract i i'm not talking about oh these are sort of the the classic red flags i mean they are the classic red flags you know uh, telling somebody that they only mean something to you and, and trying to isolate them from their family and friends. But my my objections to this are coming from a very personal place. I was in a relationship that even now, years later, I am I'm dealing with the emotional repercussions of um and and it was and it was the oh god damn this cliche it was it was thinking i could fix somebody um who who wasn't willing or able to be fixed and i'm i'm not willing to say that it was emotionally abusive although i mean god damn the fact that i'm not willing to say that is probably pretty fucked up but it was it was at the very least emotionally deeply manipulative and and it wasn't it wasn't telling me that i didn't matter and it wasn't isolating me from my friends but it was very focused on on how our relationship affected them 
and how I wasn't in when I was in this relationship, I wasn't just responsible for my own fuck ups. I was also responsible for theirs. Um, I would get, you know, this is a person who had had problems with with things like substance abuse and and self-harm. And I I don't I don't I don't want to say that that those are reasons not to to date somebody, but these were things that were used against me um, because this person uh, would would relapse both with with drug use or self harm and would then tell me about it not to be like hey you need to know this thing happened because i'm going to need you know some 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 emotional support it was i i did these things because i was angry at you or i did them because you hurt me when you did such and such and so it was it was walking around with this massive guilt all the time and when i when i think about the the gaslighting that went on and the amount that i was constantly questioning reality when i was constantly questioning my my worth as a person and that's what comes to mind when I see Kylo and Ray interact. And I don't expect everyone to share my emotional baggage. But it, it's also unrealistic to expect people to, to leave their emotional baggage at the door when they walk into a movie because the reason we connect with movies so much. And I would say, I mean, especially with Star Wars is because of an emotional connection. And as much as they are, you know, these sci-fi fantasy fairy tales, these are characters who I, who I feel are real and who I care about. And that those personal connections in all the positive ways, they're also going to be there for the negative ones. And so when I when I talk about not wanting that pairing to be canon, it's not it's not me not watching the movie correctly. It's not me being close minded. It is me not wanting to see this character I love, who is a hero not just to me but to like. More importantly, millions of little girls all over the world. To not wanting her even even close to something like what I went through. Because this relationship is, is over by several years now, and I'm I'm still fucked up over it. And I'm probably, to be honest, never not going to be in some way fucked over by it because when you're constantly questioning your own emotional reality it sticks with you 
for a really long time. So just realize I'm, I'm by far not the only person who has drawn the uh, connections between, between Kylo and the, and the abuse thing. There's, there's, there's a lot of people who say it. Um, and obviously everybody reacts to their own personal trauma differently. So I, I'm sure there are people who have been in abusive relationships who, who like Raylo and that, and that's fine. I never, I would never tell them that they're, you know, dealing with their own trauma incorrectly, but, but just like realize what you're dealing with here. It's not, it's not just not liking a couple on screen. Um, it, it matters and it, it means something. So yeah, again, like ship whatever you want and everybody should be respectful to everybody. But you also need to let people not ship things. And you need to let people have problems with things, even even if they are canon. Like even if this does become canon, it's not going to ruin Star Wars for me. But it is it is going to fucking hurt. Um, I don't know. I was, I'm sorry. I've been rambling a lot. I I was trying so hard to figure out no what I wanted to say and how to talk about it because I have a lot of other thoughts like too about like you know why i do or or don't ship the things that i do but this it was this particular part of it that i felt was the most necessary to talk about yeah i'm i'm glad you did and first off i'm i'm so sorry that you know you've been through all this emily you know that i love you and i'm always here if you need anything and you know, going back to us being or the assumption of us being closed minded if we don't think that something is going to happen or something is not going to happen, like you have to understand that these pairings or especially someone like Raylo, like obviously like that's, you know, harmful and that to other people that might remind them of you know, past experiences or whatever. Like when I was talking about, you know, feeling triggered when discussing Raylo, like obviously like I've, I've been through some shit that I'm not ready to talk about. And, you know, it, it reminds me of, of experiences or it reminds me of instances that I was in and it makes me feel really uncomfortable. And, being called out on that or, you know, being told that I'm closed minded or that I'm ignoring a story because of something that reminding me of that happened to me or that I don't want to happen to a character is just it's really it's it's heartbreaking. It, it It's uncomfortable, you know, to the point where it takes over my mind and like if I'm trying to have a good time with someone and I can't, you know, like focus because sorry, but I, I don't know what to say. You know, I still don't know how to, you know, react to that and just be respectful of people's opinions 
or you know just be respectful i don't know what else to say i mean here's the thing is we're we're a star wars podcast and we're not just like we're not doing this podcast to sit down and recite the star wars news because there's there's plenty i mean you can fucking go to makingstarwars.net and read it that's where we get most of our shit anyway but yeah (laughs) but we talk about it because we want to we want to talk about our own personal experiences and our own opinions on things and you're not always gonna agree with our opinions and that's okay i don't expect everybody would agree with me um and there are i I know people who are really into Kygo and who and who ship Rego who I can have respectful conversations with. Mm-hmm. But and again, this wasn't this wasn't to call anybody out in particular. That's why I didn't want to read any like specific emails on this topic or any messages that, that we got. I just you know. I was really like, I was really spinning out about it all weekend. So there it is. Uh, if you're still listening, thank God bless you. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you. So <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to end the podcast on that note. So let's, let's get into some emails that we can actually read that are, that are nice. Um, do you want to start with Dom's or do you want to go in the order that we got them? Uh, do you want to start with Dom's? Cause it's hilarious. <laughs> Did you read it? <laughs> no, I saw the title. Are you reading it or am I reading it? <laughs> I'm, I, I haven't even looked at it yet. So you're okay. reading it to me. This, <laughs> this is titled Bootany, which is apparently your new pairing name. <laughs> My mom calls us Bootay. But anyways, (laughs) this is from Dom. God bless him. Sup, girls. So this Bootney thing, assuming this is a legit thing, it is. Gotta give my man Boo some props. It takes a lot. (laughs) It takes. It takes a lot of integrity and character to step into a situation like that and assume responsibility for so many poor children. Especially children that he inherently doesn't like. Boo, here's some advice. Kids eventually grow on you. Heck, I have two of my own, and they're not awful all the time. You get there. Stick with it. Plus, porgs don't live as long as humans, so eventually you get some <laughs> Also, Rusty will no doubt babysit whenever you guys need a break. So, here's a top three question. If you had to pick someone from Star Wars Twitter to walk you down the aisle, who would your top three be? <laughs> I, I suppose I should say, who would your second and third choice be? Because let's be honest, we all know what the topic is. Steel Saunders. <laughs> I'm crying. In closing, congrats on the new relationship, my friend Brittany Brown Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Love Canto Bitch number one. Wait, what? Oh my god. Dumb. I was a little bit worried when you sent us a message saying that you were sorry for this email. But this is Hall of Fame. Okay. 
<laughs> so, so who's going to walk you down the aisle, Brittany? My father. No, it's Star Wars Twitter. That is the question. <laughs> my fa- I'm making my father get a Twitter. No. Um. Oh, man. <laughs> One of us has to pick Johnny or Johnny's going to be really pissed. Well, no. Johnny's the reason why we met. Oh, yeah. So... I know, I was t- talking to Boo about that the other day. I'm like, if it weren't for Johnny Grosso, like, you probably wouldn't be together. Oh, God damn but- it. Don't say that out loud. Johnny doesn't have anything <laughs> else to brag about. <laughs> nah, but, um... <laughs> deal. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's a really hard question. Like, I don't know. Um, I want I want Eric Strathers to prom- perform the ceremony. <laughs> yeah he'd do pretty good he did pretty well but i don't um, know because eric's hard because then i don't want like i don't want somebody up there who's prettier than me he's gonna have to like wear a hat or something to cover up that hair <laughs> it's gonna be so luscious and beautiful it'll definitely overshadow my red hair um oh fuck i don't know like it's really hard um I'm still laughing at the end of the email, but no, thank you, Dom. Like that, it, it it's really nice. Like I'm, I'm really, really happy. Like, he was a Aww. wonderful man. I can't say that. En- I can't say that enough. Like, I don't know. Like, it just. Ah, uh, I'm so happy. I am too. I feel bad that we just went from you know like. No, that's good. Getting kind, of, yeah, you know, but. That's good because I, I, I don't want people to like in the podcast and then never listen to us again because it was too depressing. And now it's just me gushing over my amazing, awesome boyfriend. So. <laughs> okay, so let's let's go to an email from Charlie Ashby. Charlie is just great. He is so funny and smart, and I love talking Star Wars with him because he's always like well reasoned and positive, and he's um, he's been there for me a lot. When I need somebody to talk to, like I did this weekend. So thanks, Charlie. And he says, Hi, Emily and Britt. Before I ask anything, I just wanted to thank you both for being amazing representatives in the community. The warmth and charm you bring to your show is refreshing in a world that's often the opposite. Oh, thank you. Okay, right. Into the question. John Bayega recently said at AwesomeCon that he would love to make a modern-day Star Wars holiday special. If you could cast the guest stars, who would you pick and why? Much thanks, Charlie Ashby. And I want to say this. I read this question, and I have no idea why. The very first person that popped in my head was John Hamm. Hmm. And I think it's because John Hamm like does like the sort of like obviously like he became really popular in Mad Men but we know from from uh 30 Rock and other stuff that he's really super goofy um he's somebody who who really loves comedy um like not just like being in them but uh he like, goes to a lot of comedy shows and stuff because I've heard comedians talking about that where they'd be doing a show and then like suddenly John Hamm is in front of them telling them they did a really good job but yeah, John Hamm doing something stupid with Star Wars. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, 
Oh my god, that's funny. You see, I have a lot of difficulty like trying to find someone who would be like perfect for that. Like I think of like Adam Scott because like he's so into Star Wars. Like his face when he saw Mark Hamill and he was on Jimmy Kimmel. Yes, that was great. That was so adorable. Um, I'm trying to think like who else like who, yeah. who would be really funny. I feel like you need like a musician or somebody. Man, I'd say Donald Glover, but I mean, Donald Glover's already in Star Wars, so fuck. Yeah. Mm. I don't know any, like, musicians that are really into Star Wars, though. Yeah. I know, like, a lot of celebrities that are, like, really into it, but I mean, like, musicians? <sighs> I don't know, but... Yeah. Holiday special. That'd be funny as hell. Yeah, if they just, like, fully embraced it as, like, another, like, variety show... Oh my god, I'd live for that. Yeah, the special is already historic as it is. Like, get Bill Murray on there to re-sing the Star Wars theme song. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to think. Damn it! Like, I feel like there would be like someone. I'd be like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. But I don't know. That's hard. But thanks, Charlie's wonderful. Yeah, we love Charlie. Yeah. We need to have him on sometime. We need we need guests. Yeah, we're going to at some point. Um, last week we got an email from uh, Matthew Thurman, Turbo, who we also love. And he says, Hello there, Canto Biters. I love your review of Animal Kingdom, and I'm really looking forward to the next Mendo film review. The year my voice broke is a great choice. In fact, it was released in 1987, which I'm fairly sure was the year my voice actually started breaking. Back to Star Wars talk. I've watched The Director and The Jedi a couple of times now, and it won't be the last. Such honest, raw filmmaking, and it makes me love the film even more. Apart from the heartbreaking Luke and Leia final scene, the other scene that absolutely floored me was the reuniting of Frank Oz and Mark Hamill with the original Yoda puppet, and reinforced how great Mark's acting was in Empire, and how a simple foam latex mold could come alive with a masterful puppeteer. Man, I that all of the stuff with that was great. I love, I love Frank Oz. The interaction between Luke and Yoda has got me thinking about the potential for Luke's Force Ghost in Episode 9 and how he can learn from Yoda to influence the real world. The more I think about it, Luke's Force projection on Crate battling Skylo was essentially a perfection of the Force Ghost skill. So what's to stop him doing this after his death? So, many questions I have. How long has Luke been perfecting the Force projection skill? Did he learn this skill before he closed himself off from the Force in the island, or did Yoda teach him quickly after the tree was burnt down? Since we know that a Force Ghost Yoda can manipulate the real world, harnessing the weather to create lightning, I can imagine Luke developing this power in Episode 9. Even though I'm completely satisfied with Luke's hero ending in The Last Jedi, since the passion of Carrie Fisher, I think that Episode 9 deserves more than just a passive Force Ghost Luke. We need at least one of the original characters front and center. Imagine Luke being the thorn in the side of Kylo, taunting him, driving him crazy, or Luke interacting with Rey, giving her the final lesson. Or do you think this would reduce the impact to his final hero moment in The Last Jedi? I have some thoughts on Leia's role in Nine, but I'll leave that for another day. I've banged on too much already. Take care, Lindo and Brito, and may the Force be with you. Oh, thanks, Turbo. I always enjoy his emails. Yeah, and this is actually something I was thinking about. Because people obviously have been talking a lot about Mark coming back, and Mark, you know, did express interest in playing, in playing Luke again. So... 
it is hard because that man, I think that moment in the last Jedi is so powerful and it's such a good goodbye. Mm -hmm. But I mean, force ghosts exist and you know, he disappears into the force. Yeah. You know, cause we've never seen something like force projection before. So I almost think in the next movie, we're going to see something a force ghost doing that we've never seen before. Like the, maybe like the taunting Kylo thing. Like we've never seen a force ghost do that. Like we've only seen force ghosts like come to, you know, for assistance, like Luke and Obi-Wan when Obi-Wan, you know, informed Luke about his sister. Yeah. But I don't know. Like the whole force projecting thing i would love to see like the origins of that like maybe that's what ryan johnson's film will kind of be like kind of about like kind of the jet like origins of the jedi but them also learning you know like how to you know become force ghosts and like especially the force projection too yeah it is it is an interesting question of, of when luke learned to do that yeah like I'm just so interested in the fact that he did that or the fact that this new power exists. Like, I never forget the feeling I felt when you see Kylo stabbing the lightsaber through him and then you see him sitting on the rock or, like, levitating over the rock on Octu. That was just so powerful. Yeah. I, and I think, like, even maybe... I feel... I mean, at some point, we're going to get books about what Luke was doing. Mm-hmm. Um... I, I would say probably, like, we're going to see stuff when he was first, like, starting his little, like, Jedi Academy. And and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some stuff, at least a little bit of stuff of him in exile. Even if it's just sort of, like, part of a different book. But, I don't know, because I'm torn between really, really wanting to see Luke Skywalker again. And wondering if he could ever have a more perfect ending than the one he already had. So you don't want to see him as a force ghost in episode nine? I don't know. I'm saying I don't know. Oh, okay. That's that's okay. That's okay. Because, look, if if he is, and I, I think there's a good chance of it, I'm going to be super excited to see him. And I'm going to be, oh my God, it's Luke Skywalker. But when I, th- like, <laughs> this is a weird sentence. Thinking ahead of how I will think back on that, it might downplay that ending yeah i could see that like it was a pretty good ending though but i almost feel like you know we saw him disappear too like you know you saw his robe kind of you know fly through the wind so obviously like he has this but you know him coming back on screen or like how how much we're gonna get him back on screen? That's interesting because I don't know like how much Luke Skywalker I really want in the next film, or if we get any at all, or, or if we get something in the end, like in Episode Six when we see hit Yoda, Obi Wan, and newly Force Ghost Anakin, which I think is okay. The whole Force Ghost thing with Anakin, like. Is that just a chosen one thing? Like, how was he still be able to have the force projection, even though like he didn't disappear after he died? Well, we don't we don't really know the rules of the force ghost thing. Yes, like there's stuff to, and we don't we don't have enough of it to even sort of guess Question. at what the rules might be. 
Um, I don't know. I'm not... I'm not huge on the idea of seeing Anakin necessarily. I mean, I guess maybe, okay, if Anakin, if we see an Anakin Force ghost, he has to be coming to Kylo. Because it doesn't mean anything to Rey. That was like heavily rumored in the beginning, huh? That um, Hayden Christensen was like training in the UK or something. Yeah, there was all sorts of shit going around. I don't know, though. Like, Thinking that Hayden could be back in Star Wars is something that's, I don't know, like I, I was heavily speculating when I saw that he was at Celebration. I'm like, well, he's definitely going to be in episode eight. I'm like, he's definitely, why else is he there? But obviously he was just there celebrating the movie that he was in. So, I mean, I don't know though, like the whole Force Ghost thing or projection, it's interesting. Like I... I don't know if we'll learn anything more about it in the ninth film or in Ryan Johnson's um, standalone trilogy, but I don't know. I like that we're getting something new in Star Wars. You know, we get the old, but we also get something like new and different. And I think that's really great. Yeah. Um, I feel, yeah, I feel like it'd be really weird to not see any Force ghost in the next movie. Yeah. Especially since we still have Yoda. Yeah. Have we? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I like, like I said, I don't, I don't know what I want from that. But thank you for the question because it was really gives me a lot to think about. Um, and you know, if anybody feels really strongly about it, one way or the other. Send us an email, cantabitepod at gmail.com. Yes. Send us an email or, you know, ask us questions like these or anything else. Just your general thoughts. Um, especially since we're probably into some pretty quiet weeks until the solo trailer drops. Watch it be like tomorrow and then being like, hey, guess what? Solo trailer. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be just our luck. Uh. Uh, oh my god um is there anything else no i think we covered everything um yeah thanks for the emails everyone and dom (laughs) everyone and dom everyone and dom (laughs) yeah we always we always love hearing from people um and thanks to everybody who was Helpful and supportive in me figuring out some stuff this week. Um, I I love our Star Wars community. Um, obviously, broader fandom can be really fucking toxic, but we know some really awesome people, and I am grateful for that. Me too. I'm so happy to you know find everyone in this community, and especially you, Emily. Like I don't know where I would be without you. Oh, I love you, sweetie. I love you too. Um, yeah. So if you stuck with us through this, um, thank you. Obviously, you you've listened to other episodes. Oh God, I hope this isn't your first episode. If you've listened to other episodes, you know we don't always get into this heavy of stuff, but sometimes it's important. So, um, you know, again, email cantobitepod at gmail dot com. Find us on Twitter 
CantoBitePod. We're also on Instagram there. I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. Go check out my sweet, sweet Tarkin pictures. And Brittany, you are... CantoBrit. Yeah. So that's the show. Um, we love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.